0: Welcome to the AI Learner's Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello and welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge podcast. This is episode six and I'm really excited about today's episode we're going to be talking about AI as our learner, which I think really hits home for us as learning and development professionals and instructional designers as we work with our human learners and seeing the connections between that and how we're teaching AI to align with what we need it to do and giving it the information it needs to do that. Back in episode four, we talked about the rise of the AI fusionist. And a big part of that is holistically integrating our own foundational learning and development and performance improvement models and theories with AI so that it can be our collaborator and so that it can help us streamline our workflows and enhance the learning experience to get better learning outcomes. But to do that, we need to start by treating it as our learner. So where do we start with that, right? We start in the same place we do with our human learners and that's identifying the need. Now. ChatGPT has a lot of knowledge and a lot of training information that it's been given, but we need to test that to make sure that what we're looking for it to do has been a part of that, and that it's able to apply that for the prompt that we're giving it and the request that we're asking of it. So, for example, if we want it to help us create a training outline for a communication course, it has a lot of information on that online that it's been given to draw on. And all it really needs is our guidance on the what first. So, if that's nonverbal communication, if we're talking verbal, maybe it's writing using plain language or having difficult conversations, it just needs to know what that is so that it can pull that information and then the context of that. Whether we're talking about one on one conversations between managers and their employees if it's daily workplace interactions, if it's specific to customer interactions, once we give it that in our prompt, it can tailor it a little bit better. But if we're looking at a course on, say, maybe a recent workplace regulation that's happened outside of its training data or something that's specific to our company, it's not gonna know that or have that background. And if we ask it, it might seem like it does, it might pretend like it does, and the output might be somewhat aligned. But when we dig deeper, we'll realize that it really doesn't, and that's where that risk of hallucinations come in. So this is where we can do our testing, and through that, we'll identify what those knowledge gaps are and understanding, and then see exactly what it needs from us to be able to close some of those gaps. So if we do identify something that it doesn't know or have the understanding of, we can first look at the tool capacity. And with ChatGPT, if it's GPT-4, it has a lot of information, but it doesn't innately have access to the internet unless we use a plugin. So we could do that and give it something like WebPilot to be able to go out and find information on that new regulation so that we don't have to feed it to it. Or we could just look at a different tool entirely, maybe something like Perplexity that has that ability to be able to use the internet without additional plugins. And then the second option is training it through our prompts. So making sure that we feed it that information, we can copy and paste it in there. We could um, use a different plugin to upload it as a PDF. And it sounds like a long process doing this testing, but it's not so long that it's something that we should skip over. Just like when we're working with our learners, we need to understand what the gaps are so that we can help close them. And once we do that and we start working more with ChatGPT and these tools, we're gonna get a better idea of its abilities and where its limitations are. So the process is gonna get quicker each time and it's gonna be more streamlined into our actual workflow as we get comfortable with it. Now, the second part of this, once we have that subject matter expertise built in on the subject that it's going to be working with, It's our knowledge and our expertise as learning and development professionals. So being able to select a specific model or framework we want to use, that's probably going to be our role as a human, unless we really spend a lot of time teaching it how to understand those models. But once it has that guidance on what to use, we need to do the same process and test it to make sure that it understands it. And it doesn't have to be something we do every time. But when you start working with a specific model, you want to make sure it understands that first. Now, our instructional design models, like Gagne's nine events, those usually perform a lot better in tools like ChatGPT than our performance improvement-based ones. Um, maybe the root cause analysis, if it's the Megar and Pipe flowchart, or if it's Gilbert's behavior engineering model. It usually doesn't have as much data on those, so it's there's a lot more hallucinations with it, or it just has some surface-level understanding, but not enough to really go deep with it. So it's really well-known models that it knows more about. And it's those other ones that we need to be able to identify that gap so we can build it in. Now, if you've been on social media or you've read articles about working with ChatGBT, you've probably heard of a prompt library. And I even have one on the AI Innovation Lounge website for different tasks. And these are really great because they give us a systematic way to work with ChatGPT and other large language models to be able to get consistent outputs, which is especially helpful in a team environment. But even greater than prompt libraries, what I really encourage learning and development professionals and teams to look at is a model and theory library. So the prompt libraries are very task specific. It's create me a course outline and we might throw a model in there that we want to use. So maybe create a course outline using Gagne's nine events but it doesn't get into how to use and apply those models. So if we look at having a model in theory library, this is an idea I got from back in my graduate studies when I went to Boise State's Organizational Performance and Workplace Learning Program. The very first semester, one of our assignments was to create a model organizer. And it was just an Excel file that listed each of the different performance improvement and instructional design models. A short description of what it was, and then examples of how it could be applied. So, in a similar manner, for creating a model and theory library for working with ChatGPT and AI, we could also include a breakdown of what it is that ChatGPT needs to be able to use that model. We can have a criteria for how well it performs so that we're not constantly having to test it every time. It could just be a simple scale of one to five, how it responds, how well it knows the model, identifying the gaps that are there so that we can be able to build that into our prompts to be able to account for that. And then examples of our own organizational use cases and how we could be using that model with our work so that anyone on the team could be able to go and access that. They could look maybe if they wanted to see root cause analysis models or instructional design models, they'd know right away which model's work best with ChatGPT, which ones don't necessarily, and then figure out how to account for that and maybe even link to the different prompts that you have in your prompt library so that it's a little bit more streamlined building in that information. So once we do all this testing and we identify what that need is, this is where we get into being a trainer for ChatGPT GPT. And AI. And I think it helps if we think about our prompt as a job aid for ChatGPT. We need to not just tell it the what and what it needs to do, but also convey the how. So we can tell it to create that outline using one of our models, but this is where it really needs our expertise as learning and development professionals and the knowledge of the context that we have for our workplace. And to do that, it requires a lot of reflection on our own thought process as in the steps that goes into doing our work. So if we look back at that outline of training, what factors do we consider beyond just the subject and audience? Well, for one, we look at where the training's being held. What's the room set up like? Is there opportunities to move around or are they going to be seated the whole time? If it's virtual, do we have ba- breakout rooms? That information is helpful for ChatGPT to know so that it can design the outline and the activities around that. And then looking at the context, how will they be applying it back to the job? How do we expect them to use it? Will they have feedback that's ongoing or will they have access to the resources, maybe their own job aid? If not, we need to make sure that the learning exercises are going to account for that. And ChatGPT needs to know that too so it can design it and we'll have a lot less work at the end, revising that and trying to have a back and forth to get it right. We can give it that information it needs to know right from the get-go. And all these things are things we instinctively look for. We know that this is what goes into building our courses and our outlines, our storyboards, our trainings, our workshops, all these things. So this is what we need to give to to ChatGPT so we can teach it to do that too and give it all that information. Otherwise, what we end up with working with ChatGPT and collaborating is a very generic course. And if that's what we get, then what's really our purpose as instructional designers if AI can do it without our expertise? We need to have something to bring to the table in that collaboration. And it's really sharing our knowledge and expertise with AI so that it can collaborate effectively. Now, that expertise that we have, it also extends to how we apply our different models. So if we take, for example, Keller's ARCS model, where it looks at attention, relevance, confidence, and satisfaction, for increasing motivation to learn, if we just give ChatGPT that model, it's going to use it. It knows what that model is, but it's probably going to incorporate each element in a systematic way. So we might have 25% attention, 25% relevance, 25% confidence, and 25% satisfaction. But if we look at the learning situation, depending on what that is, we might need um, one element to be more important than the others. And that's where our understanding of our learners and sharing that information is so important. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the AI Learner Lounge podcast. Today, we talked about what it means to have AI as your learner. I hope you'll join me for our next episode.